We break away from our series on theology to discuss leadership, credibility, conviction, and clarity. Leadership in perilous times such as the one we are living in right now with the war in Ukraine, with the economic crisis around the world, with international tensions at a peak is seriously lacking. And I'm sorry to say it's lacking in our own country. So stay tuned and join Mark and I as we discuss leadership, Biden, and Harris. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Keith Crosby Out of My Mind, podcast 082. This is podcast 82, where we have a biblical conversation with you about the crazy world in which we live. So join us over the next 20 minutes or so as we provide you a bird's eye view perspective of an issue confronting our culture, the church, and you as we seek to apply God's word to make sense of it all. And at the end of this podcast, we'll point you to additional resources just in case you'd like to dig a little bit deeper. In the meantime, let's get started. All right, so definitely a change in direction here. What's what's up with the change in direction, Keith? It's the news, Mark. No one can fail to see the news and wonder what in the world is going on in the world, and particularly at the highest levels of leadership in our country. No one can fail to be heartbroken over the goings-on in Ukraine and even feel for the Russian people whose leaders are invested in this nonsensical invasion of a sovereign nation. You have this career criminal, this thug, uh, Vladimir Putin, a bully, ravaging a sovereign nation like Ukraine. And much of the ravaging, if not all of the ravaging of the Ukraine, could have been avoided with clear leadership, with credible leadership, with clarity of thought and expression by world leaders, and particularly the leaders of our own nation. And a lack of coherence and integrity and clarity in our nation's leadership has created this opening for Putin, and he has stepped in with this invasion of Ukraine. And what we have here is a lesson of what not to do in terms of foreign policy, in terms of communication, messaging, mixed messaging, clarity, clarity of policy, clarity of thought, and ultimately credibility. Our nation and its leadership look incompetent because I think they certainly are, and reckless as well. Yeah, I would totally agree. I think clarity is definitely one of the things that's been uh, lacking throughout this whole thing. It's almost like that military buildup at the borders of Ukraine came out, came out of nowhere. You know, it was a few weeks before the Olympics, and then all of a sudden it's like, man, there's 120,000 troops on the border of Ukraine. And we seem to be off, caught off guard, or at least not ready to kind of deal with and ultimately deter what looked like an inevitable invasion. And the next thing that we hear is really Biden coming out. And I I think he basically said, uh, well, if it's a small incursion, we probably won't really do much. But what's a small incursion? And and really, to a sovereign country, isn't any incursion a major incursion into that country? Well, that's true, Mark. It is. You know, a small incursion is an incursion that happens to someone else. It's like minor surgery. Yeah. It happens to other people. But if you are living in Ukraine, if you're Ukrainian, it's not a small incursion. And besides that, why would he even talk about any incursion at all? What we're dealing with now is, of course, is a full-scale invasion. But let's go back a ways. Let's get a little historical perspective here. When Joe Biden was vice president of the United States and Barack Obama was president of the United States, Russia invaded Ukraine and seized a huge chunk of the country called Crimea in 2014. And nobody did anything really. And then you go back around the same time 
and you have the invasion, you have the civil war in Syria, where Barack Obama said, I'm going to draw a line in the sand. If these guys use uh, chemical weapons or nerve gas, that's going to be it. And what happened? They used chemical weapons, they used nerve gas, and we didn't do anything. And so what we see here, if you're Putin, you've got a clear precedent to do what you want to do. And, and you know, and here's the other thing, too. This, this latest invasion of Ukraine was staged out of Crimea, which was once part of Ukraine, which Putin took. And the present administration, most of their officials served in Obama's administration. And then Vice President Joe Biden is now the president of the United States. So why wouldn't Russia think he could take a shot at this and get away with it? And so far he has. And this goes back to mixed messaging and a lack of clarity. Let's go back to the point in time that we talked about a moment ago where Joe Biden seemed to say he wouldn't tolerate a full-scale invasion, but he would tolerate a, a small incursion. Let me play that clip for you now. Russia will be held accountable if it invades, and it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, et cetera. Did you get that? It's one thing if it's a minor incursion. And we joked about that a moment ago, kind of. What's a minor incursion? It's an incursion that happens to somebody else. How does he have the right? How, how could he send the message that he would tolerate a minor incursion? It just doesn't make sense. And so what we have here is a lack of clarity. You have a, a lack of conviction. We'll, we'll take a minor incursion, but not a major incursion. Well, what's the difference? There's this lack of care in his speech, a lack of coherence. One moment he's talking about deterrence. The next moment he's saying, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll tolerate a minor incursion. And then later he indicates that if Russia were to use uh, chemical weapons, that our country or NATO would respond in kind. I mean, what kind of messaging is this? So we're going to return evil for evil. Uh, if they use nerve gas, we'll use nerve gas. If they use biological weapons, we'll use biological weapons. I mean, what kind of, it, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. And this is the guy who, who really criticized his predecessor for being reactionary and unpredictable and this, that, and the other. And he's going to bring uh, maturity to the office. And he is just all over the place. It just doesn't make sense. And as you hear these clips, you have to wonder what he's thinking and what our allies are thinking, because why would you want to respond in kind? Could, if chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military response from NATO? It would, re it would trigger a response in kind, whether or not you're asking whether NATO would cross, we'd make that decision at the time. Now, did you hear, I mean, first he sounds confused, old, incoherent, but he's saying, Whatever they do, we're going to respond in kind. That means we're going to match their response with the same kind of response. He's supposed to be the leader of the free world. We are supposed to be taking the higher moral ground. And his messaging is just so confusing. What must our allies think? Yeah, I mean, it's our allies for sure. And we, we're concerned with what they think. But really, ultimately, what do our enemies think? I, I have to imagine that... Uh, our enemies are, are looking at all of this thinking, man, this is uh, this is going to be easier than we thought it would be to uh, really overthrow the the influence that America has or, or at least undermine it. And what's striking to me, because we can say what we want about uh, Joe Biden, who's, you know, he's not uh, young anymore. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, but 
it's really just the odd messaging i think across the spectrum vice president harris had come out a, a little while ago with the with a really kind of odd message about the door opening and closing when when asked about deterrence and i think you know even at that point we were pretty far past uh realizing that deterrence probably wasn't going to work well yeah and the way she explains it is just so hard to follow and within the context then of the fact that that window is still opening although open although it is absolutely narrowing but within the context of a diplomatic path still being open the deterrence effect we believe has merit now let's not forget the image that we present as a nation through our leaders again can they express their vision with clarity you know the, the word of god tells us that people perish without vision the world is looking to us for leadership and clarity, and we make statements like this, or we say one thing and we do another, and there's just this whole sea of ideas, like one moment the door's closing, but it's opening, but it's still there, and so we can step through it, and there's still a chance of deterrence. That was a pre-invasion clip, and listening to that clip, there's no wonder that they invaded. Apparently, it didn't dissuade Russia at all. Again, how we present ourselves to the world matters. Imagine Putin sitting down and listening to these speeches, and even this comment by the vice president again, when asked to explain the conflict on the simplest of levels, it just sounds so pedantic. Spain is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. When you think of this explanation, it sounds like she's talking to kindergartners or four-year-olds or preschool students. This is the vice president of the United States, one heartbeat away from the presidency, explaining the concept on a radio broadcast. Admittedly, she's trying to break it down in simple forms, but at some point, how simple do you have to go? Again, it's how we present ourselves in the world that matters, and we are presenting ourselves as clods. We're presenting ourselves without credibility, without even conviction, whether it's a small incursion or a wholesale invasion. And, and, and the communication abilities of these individuals is just crazy. It's just, it's babbling. Let me play another example of a clip dealing with an earlier situation where the vice president is explaining uh, what we need to do, how we need to take action. In this case, it was the COVID-19 uh, issue. It is time for us to do what we have been doing and that time is every day every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down yeah and so when you just listen to this kind of incoherent babbling you can see why people can't make sense of what we're doing or what our strategy is or even have confidence in america as a nation yeah totally and i think it's it's both frustrating and frightening at the same time because we're not putting uh, this this clear sense of leadership and resolve on view for the world to see. And, you know, you couple that with some of the things that have now been said this past weekend uh, was was not a good week for uh, or a good weekend for the United States uh, as far as our public leaders outlining our foreign policy well. And I'm sure we've heard uh, at this point, most of us have probably heard the comments that the president made a bit off script uh, about different aspects of the Ukrainian war. 
And when you think about it and you hear these clips, and we're going to play one for you in just a minute, but when you hear this clip, it's hard to think that this does anything except for escalate the tensions and not de-escalate the tensions. And really, hopefully, it doesn't push us over the brink into war. I have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principle, hope and light, of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. What were the commitments with this, I mean, you, you see this and you're, you know, you're dealing every day with Vladimir Putin. I mean, you, you, look at what he's done to these people. What does it make you think? He's a butcher. Now, think about this. You just call for the removal of the head of the government you're trying to negotiate with. You've called him a butcher. You've threatened his existence existentially. And all you've done is taken the heat up in all of this. All you've done is increase tensions. And so you had this moment where you got carried away and you went off script. And as the leader of the free world with the world's most powerful army on the brink of war, world war, you make these kinds of comments. And how, and how off base were these comments? His own people, his own administration was trying to walk them back, was trying to minimize what he said, to recast them to seem as if he was saying something entirely different. Listen to this. White House is walking back some of Biden's comments, saying the president wasn't calling for a new government in Russia. Rather, Biden was making the point that Putin cannot be allowed to exercise power over his neighbors in that region. Now, this is damage control. And it, there might be some success here in our country because our, a lot of our people aren't really focused internationally, although the uh, Ukrainian crisis, the invasion of Ukraine is a big deal, but the damage abroad, the whole world is looking at us. And if you want to get some sense of how our leadership here, this country's leadership comes across, listen to this commentary by an Australian broadcaster commenting on, on the president's uh, remarks. So he's cranked up the rhetoric, but he also said, for God's sake, he should not be in power. Even when he tries to correct his earlier address, he stuffs it up. It sounded like Biden was calling for a regime change in Russia. But directly after the speech, the White House was forced to correct Joe's language, claiming that he was making the point that Putin cannot be allowed to exercise power over his neighbours or the region. That's not what I heard. Again, he stumbles his way through some of the most important chapters in world history. He's a complete klutz. But on the other side of the fence, what was British Prime Minister Boris Johnson doing when Biden was stumbling off script? Well, he was on the phone to Beijing discussing China's influence over Russia. For 50 minutes, he implored Xi Jinping to get off the fence and speak to Vladimir Putin about leaving Ukraine now. It was described as a frank and candid conversation. And I just reckon it was probably far more effective right now than standing on the Polish border for a picture opportunity and calling Putin a butcher. This is painful to listen to, but our leadership's lack of clarity has led to a lack of credibility, and the world is watching. It's just painful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's so evident kind of how lost in the weeds that the leadership has gotten. And, and really, I, it does come to exactly what we've been kind of harping on this, this entire podcast is it's just a lack of clarity. It's a lack of desire, I almost feel, or willpower to to lead. And Conviction. So, yeah, absolutely. And so I guess that, that actually takes me a little bit to where, where we should probably get to at this point in the podcast is really where does this 
take us from a biblical worldview when we when we look at this can we tie kind of what's going on here into some scripture? We can. I'd like to start with, I guess, Proverbs 20, verse 5. The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. The president and the rest of his administration has shown little understanding of Vladimir Putin's uh, thinking. And people say, oh, he's crazy. No, he's not crazy. Putin is calculating. And they, they, they have this reactionary uh, approach to things, and they're not drawing him out. They're not, they're not getting him seriously to the negotiating table, and they're just spouting these platitudes, and they're changing direction from uh, a minor incursion to a full-scale invasion to if he uses chemical weapons, we'll, use, we'll respond in kind, and we've got to remove this guy from office. He's a butcher. He's a war criminal. It's just mind-boggling. And add to that the vice president's own reckless and coherent comments. Sometimes it's just better to say nothing. In Proverbs, it says, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Proverbs 17, 28. Sometimes it's just better to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger, slow to react. And that is not what our government is doing. That's not what our leaders are doing they are damaging their credibility. They make threats they have no intention of and no ability to follow up on. And nobody knows what we're up to. The nations of the world, the leaders of the free world, England, France, other countries, Poland, they don't know. They don't know if they can take us seriously. And then here's the really crazy part of this whole thing. We're talking about removing Putin from power and yet we are relying on him and his good offices to negotiate a nuclear deal with the Iranians on our behalf. They are brokering a deal. The Iranians are trying to develop and deploy nuclear weapons, and our good friends, the Russians, are helping us negotiate with the Iranians. Add to that, maybe we can buy oil from the Iranians that we didn't buy from the Russians anymore. It's just nonsense. We don't have credibility. We don't have clarity of thought. We don't have a, a grounded, coherent foreign policy because we don't have a competent leadership. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I think that has been made uh, pretty clear throughout this this conflict now. And and really, uh, I would almost say that something seems to be lacking. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Coherence. We are incoherent right now. We are all over the board. Our leaders are bringing us to the edge of World War Three because they seem addled, confused, maybe senile, indecisive, inconsistent, and lacking of any kind of moral conviction. Who would trust their words? If you're Putin, would you trust Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, or would you look at them as people to be exploited? If you were the president of Poland, looking at what we haven't done for the Ukraine, what would you think? If you were the nations of the world trying to decide who to align with, who would you align with? And you've heard our own press, the international press, comment on his comments, on his remarks, and it almost seems hopeless. Yeah, it, it's there's definitely a sense of what, where do we go from here? And, and all the options that seem to be on the table don't seem like good ones. And so I guess it, it does beg the question, you know, where is the hope? I think as Christians, we should have a certain level of hope uh, and, and hope for this world. And so where is the hope is in all of this, Keith? The hope is in God. Now, it sounds cliche. It sounds like a pat answer. But remember this. None of this catches God off guard. In Isaiah 46.10, a passage we've shared before, it says, Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times not and things not yet done, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. 
What Putin means for evil, God intends for good. God and his economy is bringing redemptive history to a close. He's he's going to cause all things to work together for good. We are living as believers in exciting times. We have the gospel, the word of life. We can offer people something permanent, eternal, solid, true, and coherent. We can offer them eternal life through Jesus Christ. And they don't have to rely on fickle leaders. They can rely on on the trustworthy and sovereign God. And of course, the other thing is this. It's hard to remove a dictator from office. He does not go peacefully. He'll kill or imprison thousands of people. But in a free country like ours, we have the opportunity to remove corrupt or incompetent leaders from office through elections. And we have an election coming. Yeah, it's just at the moment, 2024 seems quite a long ways off. Well, I know it does. And it is, but we have the midterms, which are coming up in November, and we can, as a people, as a free people, vote to change the Senate and and the House of Representatives and slow down and restrain the harm that this man and his administration are doing. But in the meantime, there are other things we can do that are much more powerful. As we know, prayer activates the power of God in our lives, in our ministries, and we can pray for President Biden and Uh, Vice President Harris, that God would uh, give them clarity of thought, give them courage, give them convictions, uh, enable them to do the right thing despite themselves, seemingly. Uh, We can pray that uh, Putin might be removed from office or might relent. We can pray for the people of Ukraine, the people of Russia who are suffering at the hands of incompetent government. Uh, That's what we're here for. So we sleep like it depends on God, and we pray like it depends on us, because ultimately everything depends on God, but God allows us to pray to activate his power in our lives and in the world around us. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd like further resources, visit us online at www.gracetoliveradio.org and click the podcast resource button. We'd love for you to visit us. Come worship with us on Sundays at 8 o'clock, 9.30, and 11. Visit our website online at www.hillside.org. In the meantime, this is Keith Crosby with Mark Stickler saying God bless you and God keep you.